You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Thank you, everyone. It's a real uh, pleasure being in front of you. Um, this morning, as I was getting ready, my little guys uh, came downstairs and they said, Daddy, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm working on the computer, right? Finished my last little notes. And uh, Nathan says to me, he says, Daddy, Daddy, are you going to say some jokes? <laughs> and he says, he says, are they going to be lame? <laughs> Are they going to be real knee slappers? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll try what I can do. <sighs> Isaac comes downstairs after him. And he says, Daddy, Daddy, is it Father's Day? And I say, yes, it is, thinking, you know, he's going to wish me a happy Father's Day. And he turns to me and he says, that explains why you're dressed up. <laughs> so there's my lame jokes. But really, I, I love being a dad. Um, it's a joy. It's a pleasure. Uh, I really love being a dad every, every day of the week. And today I'm going to talk briefly about being a father uh, and really what it is to be a child of God. And uh, that has kind of led, uh, for, for me and hopefully for everyone in this room, being, understanding what it is to be a child of God really gives us purpose and meaning in life. And so I hope we can just attach to that and take that home. So, you know, whether or not you're a father, a son, a male, a female, uh, whatever, we are all children of God. And so that's really the blessing. That, that's really what I want to take home to be. And uh, really, before I begin, I want, I want to pray because uh, Father's Day is a lot of fun. But you know what? Father's Day is actually really hard for a lot of people. Um, in, in fact, for a lot of people, it's the hardest day of the year, right? So Father's Day is a tough day for a lot of people. Even we, we had our men's... Uh, men's breakfast yesterday, and uh, we were blessed by an awesome testimony, and uh, really it started with, started with, uh, you know, Ricky and his father, and it ended with Ricky and his heavenly father, and, you know, amen to that, amen to that, but let's, let's pray. Lord God, I do thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you that you are our heavenly father, Lord. I turn over the, the burdens of our heart, Lord, for all of us that may suffer or have difficulties on Father's Day, Lord, whether we're just struggle with our Father being uh, everything from, from abusive to, to violent, Lord, to, to being absent, Lord, just to, to not even being there, Lord God. I pray that you would instill with us the confidence that you give us by being a, a son of God, Lord, a true heir of the, the heavenly throne you set before us, Lord. I pray that you fill us with your spirit, Lord. I pray that we depend on you more and more and less on the ways of this world, Lord God. Encourage us, lift us up, Lord, and I pray that your word would speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I get started, uh, just a quick thing. Uh, I think it would be unfair for me to talk uh, without first saying kind of who I am. Uh, so I'm Logan Mayhew, right? We usually sit down here, me, Leslie, and the boys, Isaac, Nathan. Um, sorry. And depending on who you might ask me, uh, depending on who you might ask, they might say, oh, well, Logan's a, uh, a university professor, or they might say Logan's a military officer, or they might say, well, he's a, he's a father, he's a daddy, he's a whatever. Um, but really, most importantly, right, a follower of Jesus. I would like that to be the takeaway, that as a follower of Jesus, that is the peace that defines me. Got saved in my early 20s in university after meeting uh, what I believe is my very first Christian in my life. Uh, that person just happens to be my beautiful wife uh, standing over there. But really, it was her Christian character, the loving and caring, the nurturing, right, the Christian character that just draws you in. Uh, we started going to church. I started reading the Bible, trying to figure out if being a Christian was something I wanted to do. And lo and behold, God got a hold of me, right? God is the one who saves us. He's the one who takes us. And so he got a hold of me. And from there, uh, on my next slide, I think, well, what is it to be a Christian and a father? 
For a number of years, I've had this printout on my desk. It's something I found that I really, really enjoy. Uh, and this printout, you know, simply says, life is a process of, one, listening to God, two, trying to determine a sense of direction in life, uh, and three, affirming the priorities that will define the rest of your life, right? How am I going to spend my time? What am I going to do? What decisions am I going to make? Uh, and ideally, these priorities hinge on two commandments, right? We should know these, the, the first being the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love others as yourself. And the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations. And in uh, 2015, Leslie and I tried to make this a, a reality uh, for us. We became foster care parents in 2015, was the year that we signed up to do foster care. And uh, over the next three years, uh, <clears throat> our family was home to nine different children from troubled backgrounds, right? We had kids coming and going. And, uh, man, we had a lot, a lot of really difficult days, um, a lot of trying days. But I wouldn't trade it for anything, right? So as a father and a, and a child of God, um, we loved those children as best as we could. And for me personally, I have never prayed more for my wife than we were foster care parents, than we were facing the difficulties of life and the days in and days out. So I look back at those, and I think, man, those were, those were wonderful days. Those were days when I grew, grew closer to the Lord. And really, the take-home was that we, we learned, I learned, really what Jesus' sacrificial love was all about, right? Because I needed to put aside my own agenda. I needed to put aside the things I wanted to do. I had to forfeit my hobbies and my activities and the things uh, that were on my agenda to take care of the little kids in our house. And they needed it, but we... We loved it, and we were blessed for it. What I learned, really, was the Father's love for me. And that kind of comes home in these next couple of slides here, these next two verses. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing the CBR, right, the Community Bible, since I joined uh, here at Redeemer, and it's really been a blessing, right? Those, the verses and the chapters that come along and the fellowship that we have, we have a little WhatsApp group for our CBR, has really been a blessing, um, it's been good. And so here's two verses I'd like to share for a moment. So God first, from Galatians 4, 4 through 7, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I feel quite blessed. So as an adoptive family, we have the real joy, the blessing to, to know very tangibly what it is to be adopted by the Heavenly Father, right? As I look to my adopted boys, and we just have a, a joy, and I feel like, man, we are in a privileged position, uh, not only as literal on this earth, heavenly uh, or earthly adoptive parents, but as being adopted by the Father in heaven, right? So sons isn't just males, right? So sons is the honored, the privileged position that God gives us as children of God. And the second verse from Ephesians, Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, if you read that and you look very carefully of that, you know, that's a tough calling. That's a really tough calling. That's a big pill to swallow. So what does it look like? All right, so what does it look like to sacrificially love others, to care for others, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the little ones in your house, right? That's easy to do, right? So what does it look like to love other people? 
the way the people that you come across uh, in your workplace, on the streets, your neighbors, right? What does that look like? That's what he's calling us to be. Something more, something more than the world would offer. So to, you know, and, and as I go through this and as I work through this, I think more and more, gosh, what does this look like in my little world? Um, by reading the scripture and reflecting on what God has done for me as, an, as a child of God and as adopted uh, family and as adopted to the, to the Heavenly Father, I think, man, you know, I love my children so much. It's just amazing to me how much to know that he loves me in the same way coming down. So, you know, there's these aspects. Having little kids in the house, we have all these fun opportunities all the time. You know, my boys, I love them so much more than they even realize. They might ask me for, you know, a gigantic sucker this big, right, full of sugary sucker. And, and I might say no uh, because I know it's not good for them. I know it's going to cause them a headache, right? These are just really easy things. Um, you know, those are the easy ones more than they even realize. But there's also this other aspect, right? I love them so much more than they can even possibly understand, right? There's these aspects of, I want so much more for my little men uh, and for my family. Uh, you know, I want them to grow up. I want them to love the Lord. I want them to be successful. I want them to serve him, you know? It's just so much more than they could possibly even understand at this point as young men, right? And I think the Heavenly Father looks at us the same way. I wonder myself, can I do this? Can I do that? Right? What are these challenges I'm facing? But God has so much more in store for me than I can even possibly realize. It's a fun adventure, right? The Christian life becomes this fun adventure. And I, uh, man, I love that. That is precious. And really, it's huge. It's huge. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of closing up here, running short on time. But I wanted to give you kind of one, one piece of encouragement and one specific uh, bit of direction um, man, I found this the other day. So Pete asked me maybe two months ago to start, start thinking about this, and I, I come across all these different readings and things I'm doing, um, and, bit, and frankly, I'm doing a bit of soul-searching. I'm coming across my uh, turning 40 in 2020, so I'm having a bit of a uh, midlife crisis. And so, um, you know, I'm reading through these books and churning through the Scripture, man, and I came across this the other day, and I thought, man, this is powerful. Our greatest fear as individuals and as a church Right? should not be of failure, but of succeeding at the things that really don't matter in life. So I don't know about you, but that's where I am, like, every day, right? The challenges, the things I face, the struggles. I don't, I don't pray as much as I'd like. I don't know my Bible as well as I'd like. Uh, I'm distracted by things of the world, by the next cool opportunity coming along. And I've just, I've been taking this time to really, to, to stop and to think, and gosh, and think, well, Lord, what do you really have, right? What is your purpose, what is your goal? What, what do you have set in the store for us? Uh, and I ask him as a child of the Father, say, what, what's next? What are we looking at? So, in this next verse from Galatians, I believe, from Matthew, sorry. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, right? And when we say others, we're talking all others, not just Christians, not just uh, unbelievers, but everyone, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, right? I pray and I hope that my life would be a life where people can say, well, you know, he's, he's doing a great job over there, but there's something different about him, right? You can see that this person's a Christian, they have a testimony, right? That they might look at you and think, I'm going to give glory to the Lord because of that person. And, uh, 
you know, looking at this, I came across something that was really neat. This isn't a new idea, right? This has been around for a long, long time. And uh, this idea is succinctly captured uh, in the Westminster Short Catechism. So if I think back to the times of the Reformation, uh, you know, 1600s, uh, these guys, these scholars are really trying to refigure out what Scripture and what Christianity looks like. What, what should our faith look like in life? And uh, these, basically, the, the world's best scholars at the time and Christians came together, and they came up with this long list, and they, they came up with a list of 107 different questions, right? And these are questions to know what the, the faith is, really to solidify it. And this was their number one, right? Out of the 107 uh, of every uh, of the studies, the greatest scholars in the world, this is it, right? So what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So how do we do this, right? There's no other greater calling or purpose or, or meaning in life than to know God, than to glorify God, and to enjoy him. So what does this look like in our lives? The other day we had a men's breakfast Man, and it was just a beautiful fellowship of being able to spend time uh, getting to know each other, to glorify God, to enjoy Him, to enjoy our fellowship together. And my encouragement to you is, uh, you know, I don't know how long everyone has been here. Uh, it's kind of hard to track everyone in church for getting so big now. But uh, a year ago, we moved to Ealing, and uh, we decided to jump right in. We didn't fool around with uh, vacations and traveling around. We basically said, we want to be here, right? What would I rather do on my Sunday? Uh, go tootling around Europe, or would I rather be here at Redeemer, right? Having fellowship with believers. And we decided to, this is what we're going to do. And so, man, we got plugged in through the summer, through the, the barbecues, through the fellowships, through the meetups, through the, the social activities, services. Um, and so my encouragement to you is to, to do the same, right? If you aren't plugged in or haven't been plugged in, or if you're on the verge and thinking, well, you know, these people, I'm not so sure, right? My encouragement is for you to get plugged in. Join a meetup, talk to someone on the leadership team, get plugged into this body of believers, right? Because this is what we were made to do. We were made to know our Heavenly Father, to glorify Him, right? Amen. Amen. So next up is going to be Jonathan, and we kind of had a neat opportunity. Jonathan and I uh, co-led the 40 Days of Prayer, Prayer Meetup in North Ealing, right? And I don't know about you, but that was a powerful time. Uh, we really enjoyed that 40 days, and so I'm going to hand it over to Jonathan. It was a great opportunity to get to know him during those 40 days, and uh, yeah, over to you. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, for those who don't know me yet, um, my lovely wife Deborah and I have been part of Redeemer family for a year now. Since last year, we've been through a lot of breakthroughs, and uh, one of them is uh, about my relationship with my dad, which I'm going to share about today. Uh, so, to give you some background, I was born and I lived in Cameroon in Africa for until the age of 17. Uh, so in my family, we are four, so my dad, my mom, my little brother, and myself. Uh, my parents always loved us. I mean, they always made sure to, that, to provide us with everything we needed. Uh, yeah, they, they've always been there. Uh, but as far as I can remember, there have always been some tension between them. Uh, and I believe that most of them were due to the fact that my dad 
is someone very proud. Uh, yeah. Uh, but again, as a dad, he was there. He provided, he tried to provide with everything. And uh, in terms of relationship, as long as I would keep my head down, it would be okay. But eventually, I grew up. Uh, at some point, I had the maturity to realize that uh, his behavior with my mom, his behavior with my brother, with myself, was not always right. Okay? Uh, so eventually, I started confronting him. Uh, I won't go into too much details, but by the end of my teenage years, we had a few, a few strong arguments, I would say. Uh, we, reached, we even reached a point where we wouldn't talk to each other being in the same house. Uh, then there have been a few, a few changes that didn't really help the situation. Uh, at some point, I moved from Cameroon to France for my studies, then moved to London. Uh, my mom uh, also left the house. Uh, the truth is, she stayed for a long time for myself, for my brother. Uh, but she left, I think, back in 2006, and now they are divorced. Uh, and a few other things that didn't really help in our relationship. Uh, and at some point, uh, during five years, between 2013 and 2018, I was in London, I had no single communication with my dad. In five years. Not even a phone call, a text, an email for birthday, for Father's Days. We got married in 2016. I didn't let my dad know at all. Um, yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> uh, during those five years, I would be lying if I was telling you that I never thought about, you know, reaching out to him, calling him. Uh, but I felt so scared to be rejected, thinking to myself, you know, that can't happen, you know, and hold on a minute, that's his fault anyway. He's the one that started this anyway, so why should I do this first step? Yes, I'm a dad son. <laughs> um, I would like to hold, next slide please. Thank you. I would like to hold on, hold on my story for now and make a quick parallel with, uh, with the prodigal son story. So you might know it. Uh, it's from uh, Luke chapter 15. So, oh, that's right. So a father has two sons, a younger and an older. The younger son asks the father for his inheritance, and the father grants his son's request. However, the younger son wastes his fortune, loses everything, and is forced to return home empty-ended, and intends to beg his father to accept him back as a servant. To the son's surprise, he is not scorned by his father, but he is welcomed back with celebration. Uh, so I was supposed to share with you a, 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 a part of the verse um, where the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against even. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So going back to my story, uh, exactly a year ago, uh, for Father's Day uh, service 2018, prior to the, to the service, uh, I prayed for my dad, which I didn't do, do for a very long time. Uh, I asked for God's help, told him that I couldn't do it by myself, that I really needed his help. I, needed, I really needed him to make things happen, to have a miracle happening. And uh, so on that day during the service a year ago, I'm not sure if he's here today, but uh, during the worship, uh, Noble came to the stage, uh, share about his own story, and had those words that still resonate today. Uh, for someone that wouldn't be in touch with his dad or at least have some co-relationship with him, right? Uh, those words were, talk to your dad, call your dad, talk to your dad. Uh, I mean, that still resonates. And that day, I felt so much peace, so much confidence uh, about this whole situation like I never did before. And first thing I did after the service was getting in touch with my dad, uh, telling him that I was so sorry uh, for everything, uh, for everything that I've done that could have hurt him, yeah, that, I w that I was genuinely sorry, and that I wanted nothing moving forward but peace between us. And guess what? He responded positively. Uh, thanks. Um, so, really what I wanted to, to share with you as, a, as an encouragement uh, today is that uh, between people, uh, there can be a lot of pride, right? Uh, uh, not only between the father and, uh, and the son, but between people. You will, we will always find excuses to keep distance between us, right? And next thing you know, it's been a half decade and you haven't talked to each other. Uh, so really, if you are in this place today, uh, where as a dad, as a son, uh, even as a mom, as a daughter, brother, sister, friends, you've been hurt, I really encourage you, first of all, to end those wounds over our Father. Because He's the only one that can heal you. He can, and He will. And because He will, He will put you in this position to forgive and ask for forgiveness. And that's the second thing. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. Um, I would like to share with you a, a verse from Matthew. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If you think about it, 
each of us, what did we do to deserve uh, God's forgiveness? What did we do to deserve His love? It's by pure grace, pure love from Him, you know, because we're not worthy of it. It's by only pure grace, pure love. Therefore, we cannot afford to hold this down towards the other ones. We can't. We can't. So really forgive. Ask for forgiveness. And really, it's, it's just, I mean, Zuenmi knows how to, to use this, as a matter of fact. He knows how to use this to block things happening in your life. It might be uh, mental recovery, physical recovery. More generally, works in your life. So I strongly encourage you, forgive people. Uh, it's just a matter of one phone call, one text, one, even one email. Uh, but please, I really encourage you to do, take this first step, and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Uh, so just to wrap things up, I would be lying if I told you that at the moment things are perfect between my dad and I. Uh, so actually, since last year, he's done something that hurt my family, that could have hurt me, uh, but I'm not. I'm not. He's constantly in my prayers. I'm not giving up on him. Uh, I constantly ask God to guide me, to use me, to make things better between us, but also to use me to make things better between him, uh, my mom, my brother. So I don't give him a don't give up, don't give up on them. Thank you. <laughs>